Hi, I'm Evany, midwife and truth seeker. 20 years of catching babies and questioning the medicalization of birth, and now I'm gathering the knowledge, skills, and stories about the art of midwifery to help you in your own birth work journey. Right, here we are. Thank you, Joy, for joining me on the podcast, which at the moment is called uh, Art of Midwifery, but it's going to be on YouTube and it's going to be Ebony Talks Birth. So, um, Joy Horner, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? What do you do? Oh, thanks, Ebony. Um, I'm Joy Horner and... You see, it's really difficult, isn't it? You'd think that was a really simple question, but, you know, what am I? What do I do? Um, I haven't come up with a title for it yet. I think birth keeper is, is the, the closest I've got. I used to be a midwife for 21 years. I was a nurse for something like 17 years before that. Um, yeah, do antenatal education and... Yeah, yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? I'm a mum, I've got two grown up kids. My eldest is 28 and my youngest is 24. And they're both absolutely superb human beings. My eldest is trans and has been the happiest they've ever been in their life since starting on that journey. I've got rescue animals and a husband. I always forget the husband bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of those. I got one of them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've known each other some while, haven't we? We sort of like our, 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 our careers have been quite parallel in some ways. And I know I did my training in Portsmouth and you, you were first an independent midwife in Portsmouth. And I, as I said before I started the recording, we're going to come back and interview you some more about your experiences like with Mary Cronk and with breaches. And that would be really good. But I know today's episode is looking sort of following on from the article that was wrote that um, in the Association of Radical Midwives journal recently about it was a shared article with you and in conversation with Ollie the editor and Kemi Johnson um, about how you have decided you've come off of the register the midwifery register in the UK and are supporting birth in a different way and I would love to know more about how that journey happened and yeah and what are you doing now so maybe what led up to it and you know how you made that decision because that's that's definitely something resonates very much with me for a long long time as I know that at the moment I can either in the UK be an NHS midwife which I enjoy doing but it comes with its own set of challenges or I can be an independent midwife but I need to have a lot of insurance or I don't have insurance at the moment. I don't think there is insurance for the truly independent midwives. And, and it costs thousands of pounds, which, it, you know, and and still because you're insured, there's guidelines and, and so on. And, and it's very hard to be able to find a way. And I can't do that. I can't do that because I have to be insured because I'm a registered midwife. So I can't even support people just as a birth partner anymore where I was doing it. So tell me, Joy, how did you get how did you get to this place? And 
yeah, what's been happening? Yeah, it's, it's a real long process, Ebony, and, and I know you know half of it, you know, I've tried to leave lots of times, and um, I always say to people, I never had a calling to be a midwife, it sounds dreadful, doesn't it, everyone says, oh, I've had a calling, and it was all I ever wanted to do, or I had a birth, and, you know, I knew that I had to be a midwife, I didn't have any of that, I've got to put my hands up here and say, I did my nurse training, which was three years. I worked for about 18 months after that on an elderly care ward, realised that I didn't want to go up the ladder. I didn't want to work in hospital. Um, bummed around for a bit, thought, what am I going to do next? I'll do a course. Midwifery is just another 18 months. It means I'll have something to do while I work out what I want to do. <laughs> and I didn't like it, Ebony. I really didn't like it. So it was an 18 month course on top of my three years nursing and we practiced active management of labor so this is 1988 oh, yes. and I signed I signed a form to say I would have that with my eldest in 1995 yeah. do you want to have your baby out in 12 hours we'll break the waters we'll put a drip up yeah. and at the time I was totally naive and I went yeah that sounds good yeah signed it I was lucky I escaped without any of that but goodness well I believed it as a student midwife I went in totally green I knew nothing about birth I was what was I 22 or something yeah about 22 and I believed what I was being told I believed we could save women and birthing people the, the pain and the agony of being in a long protracted labour and I believed that if I cut an episiotomy on every primate I would prevent her having a third degree tear I believed it, bloody hook, line and sinker, Ebony. And yet my heart knew that something was very, very wrong because there were very traumatised women, very damaged babies, you know, a high forceps rate, <clears throat> cesarean rate wasn't very high, but, you know, the, the damage that was done by forceps, you know, we, we did an awful lot more forceps, I'm sure. And it just didn't sit right. Something was really, really wrong. And I thought, I'm not cut out for this. You know, perhaps I shouldn't be a midwife. I don't think I, I can do it. One of my <clears throat> one of my patients, as it was at the time, um, was on a monitor. I was telling you earlier um, and the heart rate went and her baby died. And I was a newly qualified midwife and I couldn't break this feeling that I couldn't have prevented that. You know, of course, there was an inquest and everything. I couldn't have prevented it what's midwifery about you know uh, what's the point of listening and what's the point of midwives we can't save babies so I left and I returned to <clears throat> nursing for a number of years I don't know 12 years or something I was a factory nurse <laughs> which I really enjoyed because <clears throat> it fitted in well with my kids being at school and I started teaching NCT classes I got my diploma with the NCT and do you know, women kept saying to me, I wish you were still a midwife, Joy. And I'd shrug it off and say, yeah, I don't want to do that. It's too much like hard work. I don't want to do that. And more and more of them kept asking. And I thought, well, I'll just see what the return to practice training is going to be. Um, it's a bit of a long story, this, Ev. Um, <laughs> basically, I phoned up the university and they said, we're running the return to practice course. We're interviewing tomorrow. And here's the questions that we're going to ask you. And I thought, is that the universe sort of giving me a heavy push? Yeah. 
and saying, perhaps you ought to do this, Joy. And I thought, oh, I'll just do the course. I'll probably not work as a midwife afterwards. I'll just do the course. So I did the course. And then they offered me a job working at the hospital. And I said, I'm not working on labour ward, you know, and I'm certainly not working shifts because I've got this other cushy nursing job that I'm doing. You know, if you give me a job in the birth centre and just two regular slots a week, you know, a Tuesday and a Thursday I can do. Um, but I can't, you know, that's, and they said, yes. How amazing. <laughs> that would be unheard of. <laughs> I know. And again, I thought, oh, the universe is telling me I ought to be working in the birth centre. I'll give it a go. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And so I ended up working there for three years until we had a change of management and they wanted me to do internal rotation days and nights. And I couldn't do it alongside my, my other job because that was two nights a week. I couldn't be doing days and nights you know alternately I just couldn't um and one of my antenatal class maybe a couple of my antenatal class but one in particular wanted me as their independent midwife and I said right okay I'll cut down at, at the birth center I'll just do one night a week there um it'll probably not clash but I'll check with the head of midwifery just see how it goes if I take on you independently and the head of midwifery at the time said yeah take her on joy she said oh I'll check it out with the trust solicitors just to check it's all you know above board um so I went and booked the woman came back told the head of midwifery and she said you've got a hand you notice him and I said what do yeah. you mean and she said you've broken your contract got to hand your notice in and I said yeah oh. but you, you told me to go and book her no I didn't oh okay Okay, the universe is giving me another big boot up the bum and telling me that there's another way, there's another path. So I did start to be an independent midwife, not out of choice, because I'm I always consider myself a bit of a coward. I'm not brave. I'd never have chosen to be an independent midwife because I'm not brave enough. Um, yeah, so that's what started me on, on the path, you know, to independent midwifery. And I did that for, I don't know, 16, 17 years, whatever it was. Yeah, so that sort of brings us up sort of to the present day. So in that time of being an independent midwife, several of my clients lost babies. And in that time, um, whenever a baby died and I was caring for that family, you know, you, you have to undergo the investigations and you have to search your soul about, you know, did you miss something? Did you do anything wrong? what would you do differently if you could do it over again and every single time I wanted to leave midwifery and said that's it I'm not doing yeah, it anymore absolutely this I can't prevent this you know this keeps happening I can't prevent it but then I'd get the next phone call you know I'm expecting the breech baby can you help me and I'd say have you tried all the other providers you know <laughs> <Have> you tried <laughs> Catherine Weymouth and you know all these other good people are out there um, yes, I've tried them all. No, I haven't. And I want you. And um, I really tried to wriggle out of it. And I'd even say, what will you do if I don't look after you? You know, what's your plan? And a couple of them said, well, I'll free birth. And I thought, well, you, you know, you, I'm a great believer in free birth. I, I do believe and trust birth, but you shouldn't have to do it because there isn't a, an alternative. Yeah, yeah, you, I agree. Yeah, it should be a truly informed choice. Um, yeah, so the only calling I've ever had, Ebony, is women calling me back time and time again when I want a bloody leave. <laughs> <laughs> and 
then I got to a point where I thought, oh, perhaps they're calling me back because perhaps I'm okay at doing this. You know, perhaps I, <laughs> I've got something to offer. Um, yeah, but I didn't sort of fully realise that till, yeah, a lot later. Yeah, so the choice to come off the register in the end was informed by a number of things. So menopause, um, making me reevaluate everything, look at the rest of my life, decide what I want to be doing from here. Um, my sister's passing, which was nearly three years ago now. Um, the fact that I've got a couple of long term boring health conditions. <laughs> so I really don't want to be up all night, you know, as an independent midwife. You know, if you've had those 48 hour labours at my age, I, I just can't be yeah. doing um, Whereas as a doula, you can, because you can, you can get your head down now and again, can't you? Because <laughs> It is different. Yeah, yeah. Different. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a few things all sort of coincide. And I was due to re-register in, in March. And I like round numbers, Ebony. I'm a bit funny. <laughs> I just, and I thought, if I re-register, I would have been a health professional for 40 years. You know, Whoa. I can... I can say I've been a health professional for 40 years rather than 37. You know, <laughs> quite good enough for me. Not that I was aiming for 40, but yeah. And I, I thought, yeah, but I don't know because you've got to jump through hoops. And I've probably done enough in, in the past three years to revalidate. And oh, but I don't know. And I was firmly on the fence. And then I got a call in. So I got a call from a client who said, I've been really traumatized previously. Um, I just want support in my in my pregnancy to get me to the point of birth I'm birthing in hospital and I thought great I can do that you know still being a registered midwife that's not outside my remit don't need insurance I mean I got RCN insurance or I had um yeah, I can do that well the closer we get to birth Ebony the more she decides she wants me to attend her birth yeah yeah so I contact the only insurance provider that there is now um who said basically they wouldn't take me back on their books I've been on their books before but they didn't <sighs> want me back <laughs> me, me and Deb Snyder and who knows who else um, and I think it's because we are our own autonomous practitioners really know, don't strictly adhere to guidelines um, and do as we're told I can't think of another reason so again the universe was saying to me joy perhaps that's not the path because I thought I'll need insurance just to attend this woman in hospital because you do don't you yeah yeah I won't be doing anything but I need that insurance and I thought oh my goodness because I've really bonded with this woman and what do I do you know I could go in illegally without insurance I've done that before you know it doesn't matter a hoot to me <laughs> um but I, I don't know I could feel this transition happening and it was March and I had to revalidate or not and the time was getting shorter and shorter and I sat there on the NMC website I looked at it one day and thought oh, I wonder what the process is and I sort of pressed the buttons and before I knew it I'd clicked the don't re-register take me off the register and I went oh that was interesting <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a conscious thought I didn't sit down and think right today is the day I'm going yeah. to sit at my computer and do yeah. the thing I just thought I'd explore what the process was and yeah the divine um worked through me and guided my hand <laughs> amazing <laughs> it's very much God, like, 
I wonder, I don't know what Kemi's was, her sort of story of coming off, but I, I, I nearly, I did sort of, so I let it lapse a few years ago. So it was like, I got to the point where I thought, no, if I don't re-register, I have no choice. I can't go back and keep going back and doing bank shifts and things like that, which as much as like now, the unit I work for in Cornwall is way better than it used to be. But, you know, it's, I, I still am my own person. So it is not without its challenges being in the NHS. Um, and so I, I didn't, the, the revalidation thing came through. It was like, it was all on paper then, I think. And, and you had to send it off and I thought, well, I just won't do it. So that was like September. And then January came and I had another letter going, by the way, are you sure? And I went, ah, no, maybe I'm not. And I sort of like quickly did it and <laughs> went back. So it was like, I came so close. Uh, and now when you said that, I'm thinking, mm, I wonder when my next period is up, you know, I need to have a look at that. And because uh, I'm feeling that, you know, it's like you said, I think, I think when you've worked in the way that we have, where you literally you work for the client and um, and for the family, that if you get that literally the calling where somebody says I want you to be there because and you've got that relationship with them and you want them to support them it's with all the constraints of the world in insurance and registering and all this sort of stuff it's like that some of us it's like this is just this is bullshit for want of a better word you know where I can't actually be there for you because yeah. there yeah. is a rule that says I can't be there for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Why couldn't I support that woman in hospital? You know, what was I going to do that would, you know, that she'd have to make a claim against me? I was supporting her. And yeah. as, 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 as like, as like, I mean, I mean, we both know Vanessa out in Spain, um, we're at Darluth and I'll put the links in the, the notes and things on the YouTube and stuff but like she says you know there's a you know you either carry on doing what we're doing or you look at a different way and and that's you know who knows what might come but if those of us don't who can see it I you know you just see things I don't think of myself as being radical in any way and you know mm -hmm. it's just like I just am what I am and I think what I think you know and maybe I'm a bit of a free thinker but for other people it is very much out of the box thinking but some of us have got to think a bit out of the box otherwise I don't want the box to carry on forever and ever you know for people yeah. and to, to reduce people's choices and their yeah. right to autonomy in in their birth and but like you said that choice to have a free birth um, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't have an issue with it. I support people who make a truly autonomous, empowered choice about that, that, that for them, that's really what they want to do. They want to experience it in its fullest. And, and I've seen it being talked about like wild pregnancy. So basically you care for yourself or you trust your body. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know people have done it, but it shouldn't be a case of having to do it because no one will support you yeah. you know and not having somebody who is a you know for want of the old like a wise woman in the corner yeah. or somebody who you know that you can just that you don't have to be in your headspace when you're birthing your baby 
yeah that. And, that, and that's it completely Ebony I really had to in that lead up to me just sitting at the computer that day there was a lot of um you know what what does it actually mean to be a midwife you know what does that title mean to me is it that important you know that I'd let that's it get very away, true yeah that I'd let it get in the way of actually caring for people that I want to care for yeah actually no no I'd rather care for people in the way that I want to care for them um yeah because it's it, it's always been about service for me as I said I never wanted to be a midwife I got to a point where I had lots of experience and um people wanted me at their births but yeah and it's not that I, I don't want to be at birth it's just that I I never wanted any of the the glory from it Evany I never got you know some people say yeah you know gave me such a buzz I came away on a high and it does something different to me it 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 connects with a very deep sort of spiritual part of me um and I realize its importance in the world you know and it's not about um selfies with the baby that you delivered and it's not about <laughs> numbers you know people say how many babies have you delivered well very very few because delivery means that I had to intervene and you know help a baby out doesn't it yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah but I've, I've worked with lots and lots of families yeah and it was something that you said about Vanessa and the way um creating a new a sort of saying that you know you either stay that way yes. or create something yes, else that's yeah. it that's it and I feel that my job at the moment is filling that gap someone has to fill that gap and there are beautiful people like Liz Nightingale you know the birth friend yes she was the first one that I I knew of yeah. that had yeah. taken the step yeah yeah hats off to to Liz I contacted her and I said Liz I think I want to do this and I'm not sure what do you think and you know send me your, your contract you know because I, I don't want anyone to be under any illusion yes I'm still a midwife yes you can't take the midwifery out of me I'm not a registered midwife I don't do the things that registered midwives do you know if I'm at a birth I won't be um, acting as a midwife if I help someone because I am a midwife you know yes. it's written yeah. through me like words in a stick of rock you yeah. know it's hardwired into my soul you cannot take that experience out of me but I don't call myself a midwife because people might think I'm a registered midwife and get the wrong idea and think I've yeah. got drugs and resource equipment and you know I, I don't do any of that you know but if a baby was slow to breathe or if we had an unexpected breech birth um, and, and the midwife hadn't got there yet yeah I could help out yeah yeah, yeah. And that, I think is what women are calling for more and more and birthing people you know that um they they don't want it medicalized and managed and they maybe don't want to give birth on their own but they as you said they want something some happy medium you know someone there that could help perhaps if needed um but more as you said someone sat in the corner doing nothing you yeah know, I'm not a doula I mean I love my doula colleagues I, I feel very allied with my my doula colleagues um but I'm not a doula you know I've got all this bloody medical knowledge in my head 37 years of nursing midwifery yeah yeah so I can't put that aside at a birth and I can't do all the lovely things that a lot of them do you know they've got lots of other skills haven't they I don't know homeopathy yeah. and aromatherapy I haven't got that 
And I'm finding more and more what people want me there for is just, as you said, to sit in a bloody corner. Totally, totally. I think I that's the thing. Cabin, not anything, just sit in a corner. Yeah. Yeah, I and I I I felt that you know often I will always ask, do you want me to be here at this time or do you want me to leave the room? Because a lot of births that I attend, I'm working within the NHS. I attend a lot of um, birth unit births and home births down here in the west of Cornwall, and I you know I very much respect their birth space, and a lot of people are saying that they want to 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 have as minimal interference absolutely and you know and I know the value of not being observed to be in the darkness the privacy warmth love all that sort of stuff and you know so I said you know I'm offering to go in and listen in every 15 minutes for example you know to, um, but in between times or when things you know get you know a bit more sort of like further on do you want me to be here I'm happy I can step outside of the room and often people are going no I want you in the room I just yeah. want you there and not to do anything you know yeah. but you're just and I remember reading somewhere you know like I used to knit I haven't knitted at first for ages but um I did used to knit and I remember reading somewhere that that idea of somebody who would be sitting knitting in the corner if yeah. you're busy knitting you're not worried are you you know Absolutely. and they know that your presence is there but you're obviously quite relaxed so yeah. that gives yes. them space to be relaxed too yeah so if I'm you know because I am of a certain age if I'm having a little nana nap in my chair you know, if I'm, I can see my head nodding I think it has the same effect doesn't I, it so um, I have got a photograph I was at a birth um, I wasn't on the NHS and it was a few years ago and there's a photograph of me like this in the in this chair asleep the <laughs> brain waves you know exuding from you the same as with knitting isn't it and people pick up on that people are so sensitive when they're in labour and they pick up on all that whereas if you sat watching and writing and examining it's, it's totally totally yeah so so now so how long is it joy how long is it since you came off the register so i came off in march and my first client gave birth in may yeah and what have you been what do you do what 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 have you been doing since then then oh my god oh my god the whole thing has been totally mind-blowing ever and I, I really can't explain it and for people that don't know me, I really hope I don't come across as a nutter. I'm really not a nutter. I have been nutty at certain times of my life. You know, after my mum passed, I had a full on breakdown or breakthrough, as I like to call it. Um, but now I'm like the sanest and most solid I've ever been in my whole life. But birth has opened up like this whole extra spiritual dimension now, which not, not that I wasn't aware of it before. I was aware of it. But when you have to listen in every 15 minutes and check a pulse every hour and write contemporaneous notes and wonder if you're going to get called um, from the unit, it takes up a lot of your brain. Whereas when you don't have that and you can just be open. Um, and I was at a birth recently and the midwife said, Joy, what's it like as a, a, an ex-midwife, you know, being at a birth and you haven't got any kit and, and do you worry? And I said, I don't worry at all. Now and again, there's like this tiny, tiny midwife in the back of my head going, that's not good, is it, Joy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we wish a midwife was here, don't we? <laughs> but it's really, really tiny. 
and only if there's a problem. So I don't have the worry, not that I worry too much as a midwife, but you know, you, you worry about getting your contem contemporaneous notes done. You worry that you haven't listened in every 15 minutes because the woman's gone to the loo or, you know, yeah. wouldn't let you. And yeah, I haven't got that. I haven't got the worry I'll be struck off or reported or um, overstepping guidelines. I can be totally led by, by what's going on. And yeah, it's totally different, Ev. I feel that I'm in touch with my instinct and yeah, yeah, I'm going to mention that word again, the divine, you know, the, the energy that we all come from and, yeah. and go to. And, and I see the connectedness of it all. And it probably does sound like total wackiness. No, it sounds amazing. And I think I had a glimpse of that at that recent birth, which I won't go into it. Um, um, but in terms of just being there, where you feel this connection to the space and to her and and it was just yeah there is something you know and it it, it you're right it is different I know before because I had a period where I doulered before the insurance was an issue and that was amazing and I learned so much and I you know like you I I I, I feel so glad I'm blessed I was welcomed into that community by Maddie you know with the developing doulas and and feel yeah I've always felt very akin and, and as part of that you know and and they they've always got me because I get them and yeah. and not everybody in the NHS has probably got me which has got me into like it's been a real struggle in the past right now I've got wonderful colleagues who just go yeah that's Ev she wears crystals in her bra and you know yeah. thinks outside of the box and that's really amazing um but 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 that being in a, the space not as a registered midwife and that you're just yeah. there in a different position it is pretty amazing you know it's, um, it's really really amazing and you know the birth I was at recently and again I, I won't give details because I haven't got any any consent to do so but it blew me out of the water after 21 years of attending births this birth blew me out of the water and I cannot see the woman without crying and I'm free to cry you know every time I go around there I don't have to be the professional you know I can cry and open my heart and say I still haven't got words for what happened at that birth there are no words we tried to take a few pictures afterwards and they all came out blurred and you know no, nothing was clear but I think they captured the magic of something that yeah you capture, something yeah describe um but yeah it has blown me out of the water and really opened me up to what I can be doing in the future oh um, you did the shamanic dimensions of pregnancy didn't you a while yeah. while back do you feel like because you did that while you were a midwife do, yeah. I mean and I've I haven't done it but I know know a bit about her work and that's Jane Hardwick Collins isn't it you know yeah. um do you feel that it's it has you are so, you are different now you know and the way that you approach birth or how you work with people yeah that that course it was a year-long um course in it started off being called shamanic midwifery and then she yeah. got in trouble with the australian midwifery board and had to rename it that's right shamanic woman craft um but it is basically helping through helping women and 
birthing people through through the major life transitions you know and seeing the connectedness of everything so how we were born you know is in us and informs a lot of our life how our first blood was greeted you know with shame or celebration you know helps us um, in our transition to being a woman um, how we give birth shapes how we we're going to parent you know in that next phase of our life and the same with menopause you know and preparing for death um, so yeah it's all connected and not just that level like everything is connected and we all it's really practical course it's really really practical so we all know that women have menstrual cycles and they're influenced by the moon particularly if we're not if we're not um living under electric lights so people that live off grid you know are often in sync with the moon um if we live together as as women you know we can all cycle together yeah we know that we know that the moon affects the tides it affects women's cycles we know that the seasons of the earth um affect how we feel you know if we feel more outward in the summer and more inward in the winter and you know everything is so connected and this last birth honestly has, has helped me understand the, the interconnectedness of it all you know i'm going to sound like a i don't know a complete weirdo Eve. no sure, it's lovely it's I'm beautiful be ranting about this and i didn't do jane's apprenticeship but i did serve under her for for a number of years at, at her workshops and she said, Joy, you can teach the shamanic dimensions of pregnancy. And I said, oh, no, no, I can't, no, I can't, Jane. But what came to me after this next birth, this last birth is I can and I should. So it's on my list to contact Jane. So if Jane, if you watch this <laughs> before Excellent. I speak to you, I'm going to be contacting you because women need to know about this. You know, ev everyone needs to know about this um, dimension, about connecting with babies in, in utero and communicating with them and finding a connection to, to spirit or whatever you call it um, I, I i i bought her 10 moons book i'll tag her in this actually on instagram yeah. but i yeah. bought the 10 moons book and it's like oh yeah that's just yeah. everything in a nutshell it's beautiful and definitely if anyone out there is listening who is pregnant at the moment go and get the book you know if you want an alternate view of how to you know sort of prepare for birth it's beautiful isn't it and there's the bit of a, her own story where you know this is something i i talk about and I spoke about the last the last birth I was you know to feel where is your baby you know feel whereabouts connect put your fingers inside and connect with the baby and she talks about how she could feel her baby coming down and she said I didn't know whether the baby was me or it was the baby and it was just the way she talks about it is amazing and it makes such sense you know and that there is there is this otherworldliness there is this absolutely spiritual and dimension and you know, to 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 birth. I mean, yeah. pregnancy, pregnancy, birth, postnatally. My thing is definitely that that whole labour and birth period. Um, but you prepare for it, and it's important to think of. You know, you can't just go into it. I think when I, I mean, maybe you can, and you can have just this, you know, moment. But um, it's it's sort of breaking down you need to sort of let go of the stuff and us as midwives doulas you know to sort of to be open to it yes, and breaking no. down what we think we know yeah yeah and, and letting go of stuff to be able yeah, to experience it 
yeah and it's not airy fairiness you know we know even if we're the most scientific of midwives or doctors we know there's an awful lot that we don't know about childbirth there's yeah. an awful lot of history in it there's an awful lot of magic things that doctors have said cannot happen will not happen should not happen happen yeah you know, we see magic all the time we see miracles all the time you know that can't be explained by science so we just need to open our minds just a little little bit um to all this wonder that's out there and all the yeah bloody connectedness i was just looking up if you saw me scrolling on my phone a quote by jane hardwick collins yeah um and this is one of my my favorite ones um and it's not about karma it's about um the lessons that come to us when we've been through really strong experiences so you have the birth that you need to have to teach you what you need to know to take you to the next place on your journey towards wholeness. Beautiful. Absolutely. And this, this is everything. And I'm speaking as someone who planned a home birth for my first baby 28 years ago. I was a midwife at the time. I thought, yeah, I'm not going into a bloody hospital. Um, I ended up with a baby in a brow presentation. <laughs> my label was augmented. I had to have an epidural. I got to nine centimetres, had an emergency cesarean, PPH, um, postnatal depression. Um, so I'm someone who's had a traumatic birth and yet 28 years later, and it did take a while, not 28 years, but it did take a while for me to see the magic in that and what I gained from that and how strong I was because I went through that. And yeah, you know, I, I did a, a, I don't know, it was an Instagram thing recently on finding, finding the treasure, you know, diamonds and gold diamonds yeah. under immense yeah. pressure aren't they yeah found in the darkest of places and we don't find it straight away yeah you know after a shit birth i wouldn't say to someone yeah but there's treasure in that yeah. <laughs> you know i'd say yeah you know you're in the dark you're in the shit you know and and let's try and care for you in that time but with time you can you can claim it and jane talks about the the sacred wound you know when we're wounded we we can gild it we can find the the lessons in it and oh my god yeah anyway sorry I could go oh, on no, that's amazing thank you thank you for sharing that quote that's really really lovely it's beautiful it's, it's yeah yeah it's it's um it's always a joy to speak to you joy <laughs> and, and that's really important I've got to say to people you know it's like you find the people that you connect with and that you know that I know it, you, you can sit alone at home wondering, oh, what am I doing and, and, and stuff. And I'd say, you know, I know I was going to ask you is what would you say to somebody who's out there at the moment, you know, sort of, you know, thinking about this. Maybe there are there are more midwives who are considering what they are doing. We know that maternity care is in a crisis in the UK and probably around the world in a lot of places. Um, and there will be lots of midwives, as far as we I know, I think there was a recent thing saying how many midwives were planning to come off the register. And I expect a great man at many of those. Some of them will, some of them won't. A lot of people feel that they've got no choice, really. And yeah. um, and others will go and leave and do something completely different. But those of us who are called to be with birth, and this is something that is like in our bones, really, 
what would you say to people you know thinking about this and just wondering maybe at the beginning stages yeah I mean basically there's always a way but the time might not be the right time for you at the moment so I feel very privileged in a way but I know that I'm not privileged because I do believe that we we have a hand in our own good fortune and I've worked bloody hard for 37 years in and outside the NHS you know, in jobs that I haven't always liked um, because I've had to put, I haven't had to put food on the table, but I've had to contribute to the income. I'm really privileged, but again, perhaps it's not a privilege that I'm with my husband and he's always been the main wage earner. So this is a major consideration when people consider coming off the register um, and giving up their NHS job. There isn't job security. Um, but you can make a living wage. You, you can diversify in a lot of ways. You can be an antenatal educator. You can become a doula. Um, you, can, uh, you can become an independent midwife. I know lots of good independent midwives that haven't got insurance. And a lot of them are now working with us birth keepers. So they provide the antenatal and postnatal care. And we step in for the birth. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is amazing. Really well. Yeah. And what I see, Evany, is this um, uh, splitting of the profession. So when we're talking about midwives and we're talking about doulas, it used to be the one profession, didn't it? Mm. The autonomous practitioner that cared for the family. Um, and I see that it is split. What I see now is that we're coming back to this midline you know we will have people filling the gap between the two um so there is always a way to work and whether you do it legally or illegally is up to you and what you think about um the law is up to you um yeah i like to think i'm a, a law-abiding citizen i wouldn't do anything to harm another human being but you know you cannot accuse me of acting as a midwife at a birth when i'm um, being a good Samaritan and just being a yeah good person who just happens to have lots of knowledge <laughs> exactly you can't take that away I, that's exactly what I think you know I don't everything that I know and what I've learned yeah. is in me like you can't you can you can if I decided to step off the register okay so I can't call can't call myself midwife written down in my job title yeah course i'm a bloody midwife midwives have been around for like since time began you know yeah. people who were at births you know maybe they weren't called midwives back then but you know um that's what we know as what a midwife is that is and like you said a doula is a doula a midwife is a midwife and um you know i love i love following indie births and yes. what they do and I love her podcast yeah. definitely if you're watching this or listening go and go and listen to them as well as my podcast you know it sort of resonates very much you know that there is there is different ways and there is people want different things for their pregnancy and birth journey and then I think as a human race shouldn't we be able to do that for people you know uh, and yeah. you know be what people need rather than what we 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 are telling them what they should have you know? yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's all part of the revolution I saw you know a post from um Vanessa earlier talking about a revolution this is our revolution you know we're English we're British we have a very 
um, <laughs> particular way about going about things um, that may be different to how it is you know, on the <laughs> continent. And yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. We've got a really quiet revolution happening because women and birthing families, they're, they're asking us to do this for them and we're doing it. And that's yeah. revolutionary. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Oh, well, in that is a beautiful end to a beautiful talk with you. Um, uh, I will definitely be getting, you will come back, won't you, Joy? Come back again and yeah. talk some birth stories and um, some midwifery yeah. skills as well. That would be yeah. really lovely to share. Um, so I'm going to sign off now and then um, uh, I'll put all the details in the notes underneath. So there's links to Joy so you can find out more about her and also um, uh, any anything else. Well, contact. Joy, what's your Instagram? Do you know what it is? No. <laughs> Birth with Joy. It's Birth with Joy, Birth something with Joy. like that. Birth with Birth Joy. And I'm Ebony.Lynch. And she might have some dots in there. I don't know. But follow her. She posts good stuff. And um, and then you've got a website. Is it birthwithjoy? It's www.birthjoy.co.uk. And it's really funny because um, Kemi and I are both birthjoy. Yeah. I think I, I'm .co.uk and she's .org or .com or something. So that's nice. So you'll either hit, hit on um, Joy or Kemi. <laughs> And it's a win-win. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, uh, that's my next. I must get. Jo I must get Kemi on here. That'll get be my Kemi. next one. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Joy. I'll say bye, and then I'm going to stop recording. Bye. Bye.